This episode of the Brilliance Plus Passion Podcast is brought to you by Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. Are you ready to finally solve those pesky issues that keep holding back your business success and never seem to go away? Embrace the power of the spring formula that unearths the issues and opportunities burrowed beneath the surface and grow your business so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Claim your copy today at www.thegroundhogbook.com. Welcome to the Brilliance Plus Passion Podcast. Join us as we celebrate entrepreneurs, business creators, and brilliant minds who reveal what they are doing to make the world a better place by being part of it. Be sure to visit our website at www.brilliancepluspassion.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, lean in, tune in, get your notepad and two pens ready, and let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Right now, we're speaking with Dr. Sanjay Prasad, and he is a very, very interesting person I've been looking forward to speaking with for a while now. He's an author. He's uh, actually, he's the author of a book called Resetting Healthcare, and he's the founder of a company called Surgiquality. There's so much more you can learn about him. Very, very diverse, very accomplished individual, and we're going to learn about Surgiquality. You can find more about him when you visit our website at www.brilliancepluspassion.com and scroll to the episode or scroll to the post that has this episode if you're not already there. And with that, Sanjay, Welcome aboard. It's so great to have you here. Adam, great to be on your show. I love the enthusiasm. Great. Awesome. So first of all, what we like to do here is we like to get to know you a bit in depth. This is about sure. celebrating you and your intersection of your of your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. So how does the work you do make the world a better place for your clients, customers, and the world at large? Well, you, you know, uh, I'm 60 years old. So, uh, you know, I'm an old guy and I just feel like I only have a few more years, a uh, functional years left. And mm-hmm. I just feel like I need to leave something behind, make the world a better place than it was when I when I came aboard. And, uh, you know, I, I just this is a legacy issue for me uh, to to leave a healthcare system we can be proud of, you know, for multiple generations beyond. Yeah. And that is something that is a big debate and has been for quite a long time. So just so our listeners better understand, what is it that you do? Well, I'm a, I'm a neurotologist. I, uh, I, so what that means is I'm, uh, I, I, I practice and it's the science and, and the surgery uh, involving the ear, the, the facial nerve, the brain. Uh, it's really skull-based surgery. Uh, and I've been doing it for 30 years and uh, been practicing for a long time, taking care of tens of thousands of patients. And now we want to really help millions of patients with the with the platform we've developed. So, great, all about. great. What, in your experience, what are a few of the most frequently asked questions you get from folks who are going through their process of making their decision to work with you? Uh, are you referring to patients? Are you referring to partnerships? You can uh, answer this however you like. Yeah, I mean, patients. You know, I, I'll tell you, uh, this healthcare system is just not working for them. You know, they're 
they're getting they're getting referred from their primary care doctor to the surgeon uh, without much thought about cost, without much thought about quality or surgeon's outcomes. They're getting pigeonholed to surgeons, uh, getting surgery they don't need, getting complications from surgery they don't need, getting connected to surgeons that don't have the best outcomes. And then they have a provider book of surgeons, you know, that their insurance plan has, but they have no way, no method to pick their surgeon who's has the best outcomes for their condition, for the procedure that they absolutely need. Yeah, I think that's pretty frightening. I've had some experiences with that. You know how they say that after you turn 40, you'll be assigned a random unexplained (laughs) malady or ache or recurring thing that just happens. You don't know why they picked you or why you got that one, but it's the one you have. Absolutely. Everybody has one. And I usually hear it's 50, but 40, that's pretty early. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, 40, 50, what have you. Well, mine is recurring cellulitis. And what it looks like is the lower half of my right leg swells up and turns red for a few days. And I know it's coming when I get this. The best way I can describe it is a fever where for the first six hours or so, I'm so cold that it could be 118 degrees out in Las Vegas and I'll have to run the furnace and sleep under two comforters. Then when I wake up, I'm so hot, I feel like I'm melting. So it could be what passes for winter in Las Vegas, and I could have to take a cold shower, turn up the air conditioning, get all my fans on me, and then use that to try and cool down without blankets. Then six hours after that, I wake up, and uh, I feel like I have a mild hangover. Otherwise, I'm fine, except my leg looks weird for about a week or so. Uh, Now... You being a doctor, you have may have some familiarity with that particular malady, and there are different modalities of treatment for it. The most common way of dealing with it is by subs- prescribing a simple antibiotic such as cephalexin and waiting to see if it clears up within 10 days. If it clears up within 10 days, it was just the cellulitis, and you should be fine. But if it's still swollen then that could be an indicator of something else. And at that point, you should go for detailed diagnostics. Also, for folks who have it recurring, I've been told that regularly taking antibiotics is often the best cure or the best preventive available. Now, one time, I allowed myself to be persuaded to go to an urgent care who then referred me to uh, an ER so they could do an ultrasound on it. You probably guessed checking for a blood clot, mm-hmm. of which I was already pretty sure there wasn't one. But since I was going to be flying on an airplane the next day, I guess checking just to make sure that something wouldn't sort of my brain and kill me would uh, probably not be the dumbest course of action. But goodness gracious, they had this idea they were going to run all sorts of tests. And I had this feeling like I wasn't going to get out of there alive. So what I'm getting at is something you mentioned earlier, is that folks may find themselves in situations where it's classified as an emergency. They don't even have time to do the research, much less have a framework for what is the best course of action. And they may find themselves submitting to things that they just don't understand out of a combination of fear and lack of education. I already knew enough about this that when the cellulitis explanation was given to me, it made sense. In fact, for a while, I thought that I was just getting heat exhaustion every spring and something was biting me. I didn't notice that the two things were happening at the same time. That's how minor an impact this was having on my life. Uh, That, using that lack of knowledge I initially had, 
if I had not done some research on it to sort of narrow it down, not that it's my job to go to a doctor and tell the doctor what my diagnosis is. That's not my my goal either. Uh, but just to have some information that helps you understand better what's going on and find people you can trust. I found myself in a situation where not only didn't I trust the people, I felt that they had a profit motive in mind and were looking to invent things so that they could justify all other sorts of things. Well, that's, a, that's just an awfully horrible feeling, Adam. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're distressed. You've got this leg that's uh, not working right. And, yeah. you know, and, and you're being told things and, you, and you're distrusting to some degree. And, uh, you know, they haven't gained, you haven't, they have you, you don't have confidence in the providers that you're seeing. And I, I, I think that, you know, look, if it's an emergency, if it's a swollen leg, if there's a considerable clot and it's going to your lungs and then it ends up in your brain, look, those are emergencies. That's not a situation where you really have a lot of time to do research. Right. But I can, but I can tell you 92% of all procedures are really non-urgent and yeah. uh, there is time. There is time to pause. And I think the first thing I would tell most patients is when a surgeon tells them they need surgery, not to go just from the exam room right to the scheduler's office and schedule the surgery, but Mm -hmm. to pause and to rethink and reassess and ask some difficult questions, doctor. Do I really need the surgery? Are there alternatives to surgery? What will happen if I don't have surgery? Uh And then they need to really ask some tough questions with the surgeon you know, doctor, how many of you done last year? What was your success rate? What was your complication rate? Um, and then they've got to be able to have the wherewithal to understand those answers. And that's what surgery quality is all about. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as unnecessary procedures, I like to tell people the story of our uh, long ago former president, Andrew Jackson, who had been in so many duels and was walking around living his best life with so many bullets in him that they just didn't take out, that they said that he rattled when he walked. <laughs> so this is a guy, he, I, I, think, I think they estimated that by the time he came, became president, he had about 20 bullets lodged in him, that oh, uh, just because of the quality of medical care days, it was safer <laughs> to leave it in. <laughs> so, And yeah. he managed to serve two terms and then live a decade after that to a ripe old age. So with that in mind, I say, you, you know, it doesn't hurt to make absolutely sure that going forward with the procedure is the really in your best interest, because what if you're actually better off or no worse off living with it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, and many times we leave shrapnel uh, fragments of bullets alone in the face um, around major vessels. We don't touch them because they don't, they're not causing any harm. Right. Right. So aside from all this, are there any other questions you wish people would ask? when they're investigating you and finding out more about you? Well, yeah, they, I mean, uh, about me, or are you talking about uh, the business, surgery quality? However uh, you want to answer that, once so, again. you know, uh, when it comes to me, you know, uh, look, uh, I'm a practicing surgeon for 30 years, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that, um, you know, I was talking to my mom the other day, and she mentioned to me, that, you know, we came in 1962. I was a year old. So she had this right. is a story that she relayed to me. We came on a month-long journey by ship through the Suez Canal in 1962, family of four. And we right. came here searching for a solution to a healthcare problem in the family. And it's so interesting how, you know, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, became a surgeon for 30 years. And now I'm, I'm on this mission, you know, to help <laughs> patients find the best surgeon you know, within their system. And it, it just makes 
I don't know. It comes all around full circle, doesn't it? It's just amazing. Yes, absolutely. So let's shift gears a little bit and go into a little bit of a lightning round here. This is where we have some fun with this show and we get to know more about you personally. So Sanjay, uh, here's a few things I want to ask just to help our listeners in that quest. First of all, what would people who know you be surprised to learn about you? People who know me? Yes, people who uh, know you will be the surprise to learn. They'd be, uh, you know, surprised to learn that I launched this kind of endeavor. Uh, because people who really know me know me really as a tennis nut. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm just a tennis uh, fanatic. Uh, I'm a bona fide Roger Federer fan. Uh, very, very unsettled with the fact that he's having surgery again. But, uh, yeah. you know, they know about my tennis interests. They know about my practice, but what they don't know about is my passion for helping patients and getting them connected to the best surgeons. So that's probably the thing that uh, people don't know about me who are close to me. Right, right. What do you hope people say about you when you're not around to hear it? Well, uh, you know, uh, look, uh, I hope, I hope that after they meet me, they realize and can feel the passion with which uh, I'm uh, pursuing uh, my endeavor. And I hope they can feel that passion and I can ignite a passion within them uh, to Mm -hmm. do something extraordinary, uh, to change the world, you know, and leave a legacy behind. Yeah. And if if we can do that, we can accomplish a lot. Exactly. If you could go back in time and change one thing you've experienced, one thing you've done, one thing that's happened, what would it be and why? Oh, gosh. Gosh. What would I change? I don't know. It's, I, have, I have an amazing wife, uh, four rock star kids. Uh, I have had an amazing life. Um, probably, you know, maybe I started this platform a little sooner than I uh, really should have because the market wasn't really ready. Yeah. Um, and it was really, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic, uh, the slowing down of scheduling surgeries, mm-hmm. the resetting of healthcare post COVID. Yeah. Uh, this is the time. Uh, to reset and to reorganize, to re rethink what we're doing in healthcare, and uh, maybe I should have waited a couple more years than I did. Well, I think in some ways it's timely. All you have to do is go to any news outlet, any social media page, and you'll find so much information about whether or not you should take vaccinations. It's just unreal, yeah. and I believe that there are a lot of folks that uh, have actually politicize it to the point where they say if you do or don't get it then obviously you believe all these other things which i find hilarious because i know uh some friends of mine who are of the left-wing persuasion that won't touch it and i also know some people very much on the right-wing side who rush to get to the front of the line to get it so uh, and these what these people have in common is they took the time to do research based on their situation and their truth using available data and additional knowledge they acquired through looking things up to make the best decision for them. And I think that the more people do that and the less they make it a fashion statement, I believe the faster we're going to accomplish our goals uh, of doing something to get past all this. I mean, now we have these variants and uh, mutations and everything else. And any study of epidemiology or pandemics will tell you that it doesn't go away after a year. It just continues to drag out. Like the Spanish flu lasted well into the roaring 20s. Uh, They just uh, stopped printing about it when Warren Harding became president. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I can see you're quite a historian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So what famous person, alive or dead, would you like to meet? And if you had the opportunity, what question would you have for them? Well, it's a tough question. You know, I'd have to think back. And, you know, of course, I have to go back to my roots and say Mahatma Gandhi. Um, you know, Mahatma Gandhi had um, <clears throat> tremendous passion, uh, tremendous sense of perseverance. Uh, he ignited a, a mm-hmm. grassroots revolution. Uh, you know, peaceful coexistence. And, uh, it, it, you know, what he did uh, was he turned, it take, took an idea um, and others embraced it and it just steamrolled through the entire Indian subcontinent uh, yeah. and created a movement. And if we could, if we could do that in healthcare today, where patients start a grassroots revolution, where they demand answers from the healthcare system, Boy, we will have accomplished a tremendous deal. Especially especially in this day and age. So what motivates and inspires you to keep going when you're having a tough time facing a challenge? Well, you know, it's it's an easy answer. My my dad died at 76. I'm 60. I feel like Mm -hmm. I've got uh, 10 good years left and um, and probably more, maybe less. But, you know, look, you want to leave something behind. Right. So yeah. you want to you want to leave something behind that you can be proud of uh, for the next generation uh, and they're going to make it better as well. So you got to start start somewhere. Yeah. Now, finally, and I know you have an invitation for our audience. Actually, you have two invitations for our audience and I will share those. But in general, right now, what is one action you would encourage our listeners to take as soon as they finish streaming this episode in just a moment? Well, uh, I'd like for them to actually take a look at my book. You know, uh, yep, that's one of the invitations. But go ahead. Yeah, so resetting healthcare post COVID nineteen pandemic. It's written with layman's terms. Patients can understand it. They go on resettinghealthcare.com dot com and learn about it. But I also want them to understand what surge equality is all about. Uh, they can go on surgequality.com dot com and learn mm-hmm. about that. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a really exciting venture. We were. We're changing healthcare in a very, very meaningful way. Um, and everybody wins. You know, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I will share those invitations now. For those of you who are watching the video version of this, you're going to see them on the screen. If you're on our website at www.brilliancepluspassion.com on the post for this episode, you'll see them down in the show notes. The websites that Sanjay was referring to are first, resettinghealthcare.com. And this is a website where you can learn about the Resetting Healthcare book. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I'm going to add it to my Kindle library as soon as I can because it's a topic that's very interesting to me. And I, as you have already figured out, um, I love history and I also love research and reading. The other website, of course, is surgiquality.com, S-U-R-G-I-Q-U-A-L-I-T-Y.com. And this is the website where you can discover more about Sanjay's movement like we've been discussing over the course of this conversation. And with that, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Oh, thank you, Adam. Very kind words. Yeah, it was really a pleasure to meet you. 
Thank you for tuning into the Brilliance Plus Passion podcast, where we celebrate entrepreneurs, business creators, and brilliant minds who are making a difference for their community, market, and audience. Remember to visit our website at www.brilliancepluspassion.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Brilliance Plus Passion Podcast. Thank you.